0: Let's pray. God, send your spirit to us. Open our minds, open our hearts, open our best laid plans. God, unless you speak to our hearts today, nothing of value will be said. So give me your words to speak and keep me completely out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. The property where I grew up was tucked into the woods on the Chehalis River in rural Western Washington State. Outside of our living room window, if we looked parallel and it wasn't raining or overcast, we could see Mount Rainier in all of its glory. And if we looked down, we could see the Chehalis River. My, bu- my brother and I played in those woods full of western cedars and that river for, named for the tribe whose land it inhabited constantly during the summer. And the, there was a road that went through our property to the river and so we would go down that constantly. Sometimes my dad would load us all up into the back of his pickup truck and drive us down, uh, my brother and I and friends. Other days we would grab old towels and water shoes and run down that path and spend hours swimming and catching salamanders. I can see the road in my mind and the river the way it was. I can see every step and feel how fun it felt to run down that steep hill and how hard it was to climb back up. That road is a part of me. A few years ago, When we went back to my hometown for a funeral of one of our family friends, my mother, sister, and I reached out to the new owners of this childhood home and and asked if we could come over and look around and have some memories. They were so hospitable, and they welcomed us with open arms. But while we were there, they had a question for us. How do you get to the road that goes to the river? They had heard about this road from other folk. It's a small small town where I grew up, and so there's lots, plenty of people who had been there before, but they couldn't find it. It seemed laughable to me that they couldn't find it because it was so obvious. It was unmissable. And I promised them that after we got done looking around the house and seeing all the changes that they had made, that we would show them how to get to that road. My sister and I walked with them into the woods on a cold October day, the grass was wet, as it always is in the winter. The trees were so dark green that they looked black. And we walked the familiar path towards the road. We so familiar to us that my brother and I used to take our friends down there and freak them out at night without, without any flashlights or anything. That's how well we knew this property. But y'all, as we walked, we discovered the strangest thing. The road was gone. It was simply no longer there. It was mind boggling. This path that I had traveled countless times, this path that I can close my eyes and see in my mind's eye, it's no longer there. Where it was is now a sheer drop off. The only thing I can attribute the change in topography to is the fact that the neighboring property did a clear cut and that possibly washed the hillside away and cause the road to go away too. But it's just gone. The new owners are going to have to find a new way to get to the river. Our scriptures this morning speak to change of spiritual and relational topography of our lives. Isaiah 40 proclaims that we have um, known things a certain way, but that everything's going to change. The high places will be made low, Valleys will be lifted. The familiar landmarks and well-worn pathways home will disappear. Something new will come up in their stead. This is the comfort that God offers in our scripture this morning. Comfort, oh comfort my people, Isaiah said. Not the comfort of the familiar, but a promise to eradicate the familiar. Not the comfort of the known, but a renewed invitation into the unknown, a promise that as we find a new way, God will be with us. Now, having the rug pulled out from under us and realizing that not only can we not find our normal pathways, but that they don't even exist anymore, doesn't really sound comforting to me. Does it sound comforting to you? We're all creatures of habit. We love the familiar. We don't like things being switched on us and changed. But this is what God presents to us on this second Sunday of the church calendar. Welcome to Advent. The lights have been turned off. And in the meantime, the world has been turned upside down so that we are completely disoriented and we are forced to follow God. I think we have to be honest with ourselves. If we knew the way better, If the normal routes were the same, we would be three steps ahead in the wrong, wrong direction by now. But instead, God draws us close, changes everything all over again, and whispers ominously but lovingly, this is gonna be fun. Being in this place of newness and not knowing the way is humbling. It requires us to admit that we cannot go alone It requires us to relearn how to follow. It requires that we repent, learn, grow, and change. This holy disruption of Advent is God's upending of everything, and it gifts us a whole new start. There's just one small problem. We don't want a new start. (laughs) Many of us would rather not have a new start. We prefer the old ways, thank you very much. We like what we've always done. We have a route that we like to take. It's well-worn and we would not appreciate it one bit if everything is changed and taken away and we have to find a whole new way to get there. We like our customs. We like the way we've always done things. But God laughingly holds us close as we rage and cry and bring our very legitimate complaints to management. As Isaiah says, like a shepherd, he will hold us. He will hold us close and he will guide us. Isaiah probably should have added that sometimes we would be kicking and screaming, but God would hold us close anyway. This new way that has been sprung on us may make us miserable for a moment. Disorientation, change, newness, all of these things are things that we tend to resist. And yet, Advent brings it fully to us in this here and now. So the first step on our Advent journey will simply be to admit that the old ways are gone. That we cannot force them back into existence. That just like that well-worn path to the Chehalis River on Summerside Drive in Lewis County, Washington, we cannot go back to the old ways because they don't even exist anymore. We can remember them with fondness. They are good, and they were good for that season. But we cannot go back. The second step on our Advent journey is repentance. Repenting for our resistance to an engaged life with God and everything. Repentance for choosing smallness and selfishness over God's abundance and generosity. Repentance for not trusting that God will guide us when we don't know the way. The third, fourth, fifth, and one thousandth step are all the same. Trust, hope, love, grace, one step at a time in God's presence and security. Not knowing the way, but knowing that the one who called us to it does, and that's all that matters. Grace Church, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but the ways that we're used to, the well-worn paths, the familiar, they're gone. We can't go back to them even if we wanted to. God is making a new way. God has upturned everything all over again so that we don't get too comfortable or stuck, so that we keep growing, so that we keep learning, so that we're reminded every single day that we are God's beloved and that God will be here for us every moment with grace sufficient for each day. We'll be guided by God and we'll be on a way that will bring others into the fold with us to work with us and love us and teach us more about all the dimensions of God's self. We'll be on a way that does meaningful ministry that we've never even imagined before And we'll be on a way that reveals Christ to all, one step at a time. Amen.